Welcome to Conversations. My name is Amy Adams. I'm the editor of Conscious Life Space and the broadcaster of this podcast. Thank you for joining me today for episode five. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Tammy Hatherill, and we discuss Reiki, trauma and healing, PTSD, her upcoming book, and the keys to happiness. I hope you'll stay tuned and join us in conversation. Before we get started, I just have one quick announcement. Did you know that Conscious Life Space offers a free course, Seven Days Towards Gratitude? You don't even have to sign up on the mailing list. That's crazy. Everyone makes you sign up on the mailing list, but not for this. It's a free course, free forever, given from me to you from the bottom of my heart. That's my way of expressing my gratitude to you for being here. Now let's get started. And today I have Tammy Hatherhill of Darwin, Australia. She is a Reiki master and runs Tammy's Tarot and Healing. Um, she's also the author of three books already, and she has an upcoming fourth book, but the three books is Trapped Behind Bars and The Diary of a Fallen Angel and Special Moments. Trapped Behind Bars sounds a little um, odd when you think about a Reiki master and tarot healing, but <laughs> we're going to dig deep today with Tammy and learn about her path and her journey and how she uh, went from a totally different career and pivoted into Reiki and healing and how this changed her life. So welcome, Tammy. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Amy. It's an absolute honor to be here. So thank you so much. So do you want to just start with how you, um, I think maybe what your background is before you went into Reiki a little bit to kind of let people know uh, what you were doing before that? It's an in that's an open can of worms. That. <laughs> it's an interesting, it's an interesting background. So, uh, I actually went from high school into university, and I started and I finished my degree in justice studies in, at university, and I majored in intelligence and security and investigations and and all that analytical, thought-provoking type work where you need a lot of evidence. And then I ended up at 21 years of age, straight out of university into a maximum security male prison. Mm. And so I worked in a maximum security male prison for many years and also the immigration centres within Australia. And I, I was witnessing and seeing and being exposed to really horrific really horrific scenes that really no young woman should see or no person actually, regardless of sex or age, should actually be exposed to and things like deaths in custodies, hangings, self-harms, officer assaults, just really, really horrific sort of stuff. And mm. ultimately, uh, I crashed and burned. 
Yeah. Well, I can imagine. I mean, anybody to be exposed to one event, but then to multiple events. Now, did you actually, when you were studying this, so did you think, oh, I'm going to graduate and end up here? Or did you think I, I'm going to maybe work um, with the police department or like a totally different direction? Truly, to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was going to do at the end of my university degree. It was just the fact that I absolutely loved uh, legal stuff at school that mum and dad basically pushed me into doing a degree in justice studies. I actually wanted to do journalism. Uh -huh. I really wanted to do journalism, but when you're young, you sort of you get pushed around by your parents, don't you? And you, yeah. you trust them and you <laughs> respect them and, you know, oh, go and do justice study. So I did that without any end goal really in sight. But mm -hmm. as as it was coming to an end, there was I only had about six or eight weeks left of university, a prison, the prison officer role came up or correctional officers is what we call them here. And, and mum jokingly said to me, oh, look, they're, they're looking for prison officers. Do you want to go and work in the prison system? And being 21 years old, no life experience, straight out of university, I thought that would be a great way to practice writing my resume and writing my skills and going in for interviews. I never dreamed I was going to get the job. Aha. Uh -huh. And yeah. I did. <laughs> I Once I got the job, surprise. Once I got the job, I started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting too, because when we're younger, we really don't know what the work world is going to be like, even in any kind of field. So, I mean, we're just, we have these wide open eyes and everything is new. And, and then to be into this, uh, it's so, such an interesting uh, job. Even I always kind of wondered about that. Like, how would somebody even get into working in a prison system? So then uh, once you crashed and burned, which probably wasn't very uh, fun, um, how did you end up finding Reiki or did Reiki find you? Reiki found me because once I crashed and burned, I, I had 12 months off work, not working at all. And then I, then I went into other industries. I was working in employment services. So I was helping those people that couldn't find work, get off the welfare system that we have here in Australia. I don't know if the US or other countries or England, I don't know if other countries have a welfare system like we do, but the aim is to get them off welfare and into employment. Mm -hmm. And so I worked in that industry for a few years, but I just couldn't settle. And so I kind of bounced from job to job to job. And I just wasn't settling. I wasn't, I wasn't settling in anywhere. I wasn't grounding anywhere. And I walked into a crystal shop and I explained all this to the, the lady that was in the crystal shop. And she just happened, I told her about my love of tarot reading. So I've read the tarot cards since I was 18 years of age. So I, I always had that sort of interest there. And she said, oh, well, uh, here's a Reiki course that's being held next weekend. Why don't you book yourself in? And, and I actually missed out on that particular one for some reason. And so I went to another one, same lady that was running it. And the rest is history, as they say. I absolutely loved it. My love for Reiki, my love for energy healing. And I thought, why did I not know about this when I was in the throes of my recovery? Had I known about Reiki 
it would have helped my recovery yeah. so much better. I would have been much better, much quicker. Yes. I agree with you on that. I mean, I'm not a Reiki practitioner, although I have an interest in it. I have had Reiki healings and I really knew about it. But then when I went for a Shiatsu massage therapy session, she was also a Reiki master and she did some Reiki. And I remember at one point and I said, oh, I saw like this purple glowing light. And she was like, oh, (laughs) and she was really positive and upbeat, but she never kind of like pushed it on you or anything. And I don't even think, I mean, she didn't really go in depth about Reiki. I, uh, she just, did it. And then every time that I went back, I really, I I just was getting better and better too. I had actually was a different, obviously very different story, never working in the prison system, but I had a (laughs) kind of life crisis. And during that time I was going for a lot of um, kind of healings and the massage was what I initially thought would be good for me and then found out about the Reiki through that. So really is amazing. See that, that is Reiki finding you because they do say, that Reiki either finds the per- well, Reiki finds the person. It does. It really, wow. truly does. And you going in, and it doesn't matter what trauma a person's been through. Yes, mine was the prison system. Yours was a life event. It's still people still have reactions to trauma and things like that. So it doesn't matter what the trauma is. People react to trauma, and then Reiki is really wonderful in healing that, no matter what that trauma is. Yeah, I actually, I I do want to look more into that. I think it's a really interesting path. But you also created Reiki healing cards. Now, I I know that Reiki has some kinds of symbols and things like that, but yours are a little bit different. So what inspired you to make something a little bit different? And how do you use them? The Reiki Chakra cards came about, I'd been really unwell and really sick and just, it, I just wasn't well. And I was coping with a bit of, uh, I don't even know what I was coping with, but I just wasn't well at the time. And I was meditating, using meditation, using self-reiki to help myself through whatever was going on at the time. And it was during a meditation that I got this inspiration to create cards with Reiki already infused in them using what we call the non-traditional symbols. Now, the symbols that I use on the cards Uh are those that I was taught by my Reiki master Uh when I went and learned it in level one, but they are non-traditional in that Dr. Azui, who is the founder of Reiki, didn't channel them. They've actually been channeled by different Reiki masters along the way. So not every Reiki practitioner will ever have seen them before. Aha. Uh-huh. So is Reiki, I know Reiki has some different levels too. So is, uh, it's like one and two, and is there a third level also where you become? Absolutely. A- and it depends. It also depends on what system of Reiki that you're following, because there are, even though energy is energy, there are different systems of Reiki the system that I went through has the three levels. It, well, it really has it has level one, level two, level three A, and then level three B. Uh-huh. So, but level three A and three B, I pretty much teach together. That's becoming a master and then becoming the teacher of right. the master. There is another strain of Reiki where it has seven levels, but I don't know that one because it's oh. it's not not 
yeah, it's all all similar sort of stuff, but they've broken it into seven levels. Is my understanding? I, I don't know how they've broken it up, broken it into that. Aha. Uh-huh. So do you? Um, it's kind of interesting too, though, that you had tarot as a hobby when you were younger, and then you ended up doing it now, where you can actually you're making a living with this as a thing. I mean, did that even occur to? You? It probably didn't even occur to you, right, when you were eighteen that that's something. No, that- it didn't. <laughs> I often laugh about it because I. I learned I learned tarot reading uh, when I was 18 or 19 or yeah I think it might have been more 19 because I I was at uni I was at uni and so the reason I actually learned tarot was I had broken up with my first serious boyfriend so I was going to different tarot readers <laughs> to hear what I wanted to hear you know yes you're going to get back with him or yes he still loves you or and this one lady said nope you're not going to get back with him he's not good for you in the long run she said, but you really should be learning how to read the tarot cards. You've got this beautiful spiritual nature and you're going to end up working with spirit and with tarot and, and this and that. Come and learn. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to university. I'm not going to be a, oh, no, I'm going to be a high flyer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I think back then the course was you know, probably a hundred dollars and it was awesome and it was wonderful and I loved it. And, and I was apparently good at it from the feedback that I was given right from the word go. And I've always had that. I've always had that interest, but it did get pushed to the side until I went through these massive life events of trauma and living through riots and all the harsh stuff that I lived through. And then, uh, then learning Reiki and then I just had the epiphany one day of why don't I just start my own business because I was not settling in anything or you know, I couldn't settle in employment, I couldn't stay for longer than two years in employment. So I started my own business with tarot and Reiki and now almost seven years later I'm making more money than I ever have. Not that that's my focus, but how hilarious that I've got a university degree mm-hmm. <laughs> and my little hundred dollar, which costs a fortune. And yet the little hundred dollar course that I did whilst I was at university is actually now what I'm making my income from. Yeah. That's really great. I mean, it's nice to see too that you, I, I think uh, some people too, they, they try a job and if you don't find where you fit, I mean, after two years, you probably just get bored. I mean, and it's like, okay, then it's the next thing. And then it's the next thing. And here, now you have something that you're really passionate about and you integrate it into, it's like, I know that you have a life separate from work, uh, but it's, it's just a part of who you are. So I think it's really a gift that you're giving to other people by practicing it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely love it as well. And I think that makes a world of difference. I absolutely love helping my clients and, and seeing the transformation they make uh, through what I do. And, and you're right, I was getting bored, you know, after two years of being in jobs that weren't right for me. That's why I bounced so much because I just wasn't, I was, I was bored or I'd have a, a boss that I didn't respect and I couldn't work for someone I didn't respect and oh, all sorts of things. And so I did bounce around. Whereas now that I'm in control of my own business, I can do tarot, I can do Reiki. Oh, and then 
I wanted to learn hypnotherapy. So I went out and I learned hypnotherapy. So that was adding into it. Then I learned reflexology. I can't remember which order it went in, but I learned reflexology and then I learned soul realignment. So I just, if I get a little bit stagnant, I go and learn something else and it is just really nice. Yeah. And then I also saw that you have a introduction to spiritual development course that you offer yes. also. So yes. is, is that for people who um, really are, do you think that's a, somebody who would be like the ideal person to take that? Somebody who maybe has just gone through a trauma or somebody who doesn't know what their path is or what, what do you think? I really, that's, the course is really for anyone, but if we're being specific, it'd be for those that are starting to explore their spirituality, just just sort of thinking maybe there's something more out, out there or they've had a tarot reading and they were fascinated by it or they just want to tap into something higher than themselves. So really good for absolute beginners, really, really good for absolute beginners. But a number of people that are quite experienced already have done the course and they said it was really good refresher for them because it was another perspective, it was another angle. So it can be a good refresher for those that already have an idea and a connection to spirit. But it's online, so anyone around the globe can actually access it and it's done at their own pace. So it's it's and it's affordable as well, which I think is a good thing in this day and age. I mean, it's important too, because I think some people, they want to do something. They don't know where to turn. You go onto the internet. There's so much information. It becomes overwhelming. And then you hear this and that. And then sometimes you might come across something that doesn't resonate with you. And then you think, what am I doing here? So it's kind of nice to have a place that you could go to and follow like a path and explore some things and take your time with it. I, I think that absolutely. Really and what you've said there, Amy, really does reflect how I actually actually teach because I say to people all the time if what I'm saying isn't resonating then you know just just let it be just because I'm saying it if it's not feeling right to you you just leave that bit of information and go nah that doesn't actually quite fit with me so it's not like I'm dictating to people in my teachings I actually always encourage people to to follow what feels right for them now, I also wanted to ask you this. So now the, the Trapped Behind Bars, that book kind of speaks about your um, initial experience, right? Yes. And then um, I want to get back to that one. But then the Diary of a Fallen Angel, what does that explore? So that explores once what happened to me after I recovered. It was the recovery, I guess. It's I wasn't recovered. It was still during the recovery of it. So it's still my life and it's still um, what happened after the events in the prison system and the immigration centres. It's more sort of what happened afterwards and how I got through it and how it affected family and friends and how I lost friends who didn't understand and just thought I was being mean and nasty horrible person not going to visit and <laughs> this is uh -huh. this sort of stuff because you do isolate well I did I isolated from from the human humanness I I because it was so painful I just kept away from everybody and everything so I was very cocooned and so yeah I did lose friends who didn't understand the actual pain I was going through so that book sort of goes into the how I got through and now the third, 
when I say the third book, it's the, this latest one that's coming out is actually a third in that series. It's basically a combination of the two books. It's a combination of the two books. It's now that I've recovered and it's nearly 20 years later, I've written this third book as a recovered person. And it's completely from a perspective of being healed, being able to talk about it without the pain actually kicking in. And it's actually got each chapter finishes with a counsellor writing what's actually going on psychologically. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's going to help people. So I might be confusing people by saying the third the third book. I'm talking about the third book in the series. The right. book you've mentioned there as my third book being um, the special moments, that is not related to the first two. Right. That's about um, uh, memories, yes? That. It's more, it's, an, it's a book about Alzheimer's, but it's actually, it's actually more a diary that I've created and put together for people to write their own memories in. Ah, right. Okay. I, I yeah. knew that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. It's more, it's more like a diary that I've put together. Um, so I'm the creator of it. I call it a book because it is a book, but there's not a lot of my input or writing because it's created for people to write their own memories. Right. Due to my mum going through Alzheimer's and I'm getting her to write memories so that when she does lose her memory totally or passes on, yeah. I've got this book of her memories of me. I took a course in um, university that it was mandatory for every student and it was called the American experience at the time. And one of the things we had to do was we had to interview two people about their experience, whether they were immigrants or they were born in America and uh, their kind of perspective about it. And that was really interesting because I interviewed my mother and I never really thought about interviewing her before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I actually learned some things that I probably would have never known about her. And I think it kind of brought us closer together too at that time. And, um, and I, then I also, my other subject was her best friend, which was um, kind of interesting because she was very different. She was older and she was um, this Italian lady who was very, um, she just talked with her hands. <laughs> but I mean, it was to, to hear her story about how her family came to America. It was just very, very interesting. So I think this thing, I love the idea about connecting with other people and knowing your history because um, not that we have to repeat the mistakes of our parents or our grandparents, but I think knowing the history really is something important to have this kind of continuum and I mean, because I think it's kind of when we're born, that history is born into us also. And actually, um, we might even have some kind of physical issues that are based on old ancestral uh, history and different kinds of things that- Absolutely agree. That could be healed by then going to Reiki and being aware of these things. So- Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So yeah, I just wanted to clarify to your listeners that there is a third book that's not related at all. And then when I'm talking about the third book that's coming out in January, that's the third in this series. Yeah. So the book in January of 2019, what is the name? Do you have a title yet for the book? I do. It's Trauma to Triumph, A Spiritual Awakening. 
Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So the um, is that now I know that it's uh, part three now of this kind of journey and it has your more mature and um, perspective that's not so triggering and it's, and it has this complimentary thing where you go through a chapter, you said, and then you have uh, the viewpoint. Now are the kinds of viewpoints that, is it like, uh, so is it different forms of psychology or, I mean, I think, my question is because I was I, immediately I was thinking about just like you how you have these different kinds of skills where you have like the soul alignment or you have the hypnotherapy and then you also have Reiki and tarot. So do uh, the the psychological viewpoints is it more from like a psychological viewpoint from people who are working as psychologists or do you have people who are from different modalities that are it's no 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 it's just one beautiful beautiful lady ros phillips is her name she is a certified counselor here in australia she's also a clinical hypnotherapist or psychotherapist and She's got her degree in this and that and whatever else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's just um, from a clinical perspective of what I've written in the chapter, she writes um, what's actually happening to me or to people that go through sort of similar sort of stuff. So when people are reading it, they can go, oh, my goodness, I'm actually normal. I'm not, I'm not you know, this is actually... Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, like, yeah. yes. I think that's actually interesting because uh, I think this is the, one of the biggest problems is that people, we don't, we have shame around our traumas too. We don't yes. necessarily talk about it. I mean, I had a life event that it didn't happen to me directly really. It was to someone else, but it, it impacted, impacted. me. Yeah. And uh, like in a big way, it was a, a former spouse. And um that event, I was, I still don't really, I kind of put it behind me. I mean, I did a lot of inner work and I had healing therapies and things like that, but I never really talk about it to people. And it was something that I didn't want to talk about um, because I just felt like I didn't want to stay in, in, in that space. So, yes. but you also then don't have support or that's the that's the problem when when you don't speak about it but you don't tend to speak about these sort of things because there's still stigma yes yes absolutely the, the word is the stigma so i guess we could say similar to what you were saying that shame you didn't want to talk about it um that's shame and that's sort of what are people going to say about it so i guess the counseling point of view and why we're adding it in there is just to to to, to actually show people what is happening this is actually what is happening and people that are reading it they might have a friend that's going through post-traumatic stress and they can read my what I've been through, then read the counsellor's perspective and go, oh, my goodness, maybe I should be a better friend. Maybe I uh -huh. should be a little bit more kind. And it would also be really, really, really good for anyone that is learning about counselling or learning psychology or learning hypnotherapy to have this book because it could also be a training manual. 
Yeah, because it's like a case study. Because yes. it's like a real person who had a real event and you're sharing it. And also, it, and it's probably even better because you are sharing it now later on where you said in your earlier works, it's more, those were probably more even um, heal, helped you to heal your earlier oh. Absolutely, absolutely nailed it, Amy. Um, yeah, it was very therapeutic because when the first when the first book was written back in two thousand and three, oh, I was I was still off work. I was right in the throes of of the trauma. I was still mentally very unwell and emotionally and physically unwell. And so you can sort of feel all that in the first book. Then oh. the second. The second book was 2009 and that was that was less emotional because I hadn't moved through it but there was still a lot of stuff going on that wasn't making a lot of sense to me and there was still a lot of healing to be done. Now this third book in the series where I do combine and I go over everything, I start from the beginning and I go right through up until this now basically, 2018, uh, but from a healed perspective, it really just just even writing, rewriting everything, and and writing it from a karma perspective, a, a healed perspective. It was, it, you know, it was it was healing in itself, even more healing. I just I'm throwing that word around a lot. I know, but very therapeutic. Well, you can see how where you were and where you um, are now, and I think when you uh, that kind of thing, it's actually kind of incredible because sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we've changed or done. I mean, even just in the work things, you could start a project and you think. Um, you know, and you're doing it, doing it, and doing it. And then you don't really sometimes take the time to think, oh, I did that. Yay. You know, <laughs> or, you know, look, look, I finished, I, I finished this or, or look, I was at point A and now I'm at point B and maybe it was a long journey or maybe it was a shorter journey, but there you are. You have, I, I think looking back, I mean, it, it gets a little upsetting when I had a moment um, at one point where I was writing in a journal a lot and about two years later I found uh, the journal and I was still journaling at the time and I was mm -hmm. reading some of the things and I said "Ooh, this is bad because I was writing the same things the same problems the same uh, stuff was just it nothing changed and right. I got to yeah. I got I to do something about this, you know, so. so a bit of a wake up call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was actually good that I kept them instead because sometimes I go through and toss some of that stuff. But, you know, usually you it's nice when you see the point where you go from A to B and it's like an improvement. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but if you're like at A and then you're still at A and you're like, oops, you know, it's like something's so, going on I need to make a change yeah and that's actually when I did start to do all of uh you know kind of pursue uh going for like the shiatsu massage and you know got exposed to reiki and all of that and because it was I had tried even traditional uh talk therapy and that was very good in one way that I was able to not burden some of my friends with uh you know my weekly uh Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Talk therapy does have does have its place, without a doubt. Yeah, but I don't think it's enough, really. I, I think that we have, like, 
this whole perspective and we're energy bodies. I mean, that, uh, that that's something that's not really spoken about by psychologists. <laughs> so. No, I always, I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I am a clinical hypnotherapist and, and I am a psychotherapist. So psychotherapy is, is talk therapy. Uh, but you combine it with, with hypnotherapy because it gets into the subconscious mind and that's where it changes much more quickly. And then I also add in Reiki. So I will do a combination of talk therapy, hypnotherapy and Reiki all in one session. And it is so powerful. It is so fast, much more speedy than just talk therapy on its own because it's getting in and it's changing the neuro neuro pathways in the brain and then the right. reiki is helping on that other level that energy level that you were speaking of before yeah yeah i could see that because i feel like i mean it did kind of uh, when i was doing the talk therapy and i was still writing the same things for two years and complaining about the same things and then i realized so i then when i did it kind of cracks you open though and then um, so you go into this new modality and you're, it does work faster, but I think it almost like ruptures you in a way because it's like you have to, um, at least for me, I mean, that was my own personal experience and I felt like, um, yeah, I was kind of going through the motions and then all, when I did that and I started doing the other stuff, everything was just kind of releasing. So it was like yeah. a flood of emotions and, and it got a little uncontrollable at times. So oh, that's very, that's very normal. <laughs> yeah. And so it took that then to, um, you know, kind of like almost like mini breakdowns and, uh, to, uh, and then to keep going and, and having, you know, trying different ways to work it out and to kind of face what was going on and then, take my own power back to make some changes. So uh, that's, it's tough for people. I think when, it, you know, you can, it's very easy, at least in my opinion, I think it's very easy to get trapped into um, the, you know, like where I was in that constant two year period where it was, I was kind of trapped there. There was like you know, Groundhog Day. Yes, exactly. Doing <laughs> the same stuff over and over yeah. and over again. And yeah. you know, it's interesting. They say that that does happen until you get the message, until you get the learning, until you get, you know. So you sort of finally woke up and went, oh my goodness, what am I doing? It might have taken two years, but it's better than 20. Yeah. True. But I mean, I think, and then we're always going to keep growing and, and finding, you know, I think I actually just found an article about, um, it was saying that our brain is kind of looking for problems a lot. <laughs> so the it's Yes, it does. So, um, is there something that you would like to share with people like a tip, um, about uh before and also i would like you to share your you know website and all of that other kind of information but some kind of tip or a book or something that would help the listeners to um open up their mind or <laughs> to get a better to help enhance their life I, the big thing, and I know it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but truly people, I feel, 
need to connect in their inner world to themselves. And so I would highly recommend meditation, uh, hypnotherapy, something where they can go within because if we explore within, that's where all the mystery magical stuff actually resides is within us so if people can tap in and stop looking externally the keys to our happiness the keys to life are actually within us i'll give you a bit of what i'm trying to say here i'll give you a bit of a a scenario i guess it's just imagine that you've been out at night time and you, you drive home and you unlock your door and you go in and you're starting you've got the lights on and you you're unpacking and and getting ready to finish up for the evening and suddenly the lights go out and you and you've dropped your keys and 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 you can't find your keys and so you're scrabbling around on the floor trying to find your keys Mm -hmm. can't find the keys but you notice outside the actual street lights are actually on so you have this bright idea that you're going to go outside and stand under the street lights so off you go and you start looking for your keys under the street light Now, that makes no sense at all, does it? (laughs) But this is what people do. The keys are always within us, even when it's dark. Mm -hmm. The keys are actually inside. They're not outside under the streetlight just because someone has said it's bright light over here and I can promise you the world. Right. Light. So the keys are actually not always outside of us. The keys are in us. So that's why I say people if they can start meditating and learn to tap in to their own magic, their own magic is already inside of them. They have the keys inside of them to absolutely anything that they want. The light is in there, even when it's dark. Yeah. I think people avoid the darkness a lot too. They want to push it down. They want to push it away because it's a little scary to them. Absolutely. And that's why they go searching outside under the street light, which makes no sense because they're never going to find the keys under the street light. Right, right. But they search outside of themselves. So meditation, hypnotherapy, anything that can make you go within, I think is a really, really good start. And uh, there's so many, so many good books out there that can help, but I'm, I'm just having a mental block on to mentioning any one in particular. But start their start their journey by reading anything that resonates with them and and go from there yeah wow so that's beautiful i really love that um i forget what you call it uh like a not an analogy an analogy uh, a metaphor, metaphor maybe metaphor. is it a metaphor yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> yes, metaphor. I was just searching, searching. So, um, so thank you, Tammy, for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope that people will find your book. And um, oh, and would you please share your website with everyone? Oh, so yes, thank you. you. And I will also put it in the show notes as well. So. Okay, wonderful. So they can find me on www tammy's tarot and healing.com and it's t-a-m-m-y-s i always spell out my name because there's a few ways you can spell tammy (laughs) so tammy's tammy's tarot and healing.com and facebook is tammy's tarot and healing as well well thank you again and thank um, you i really appreciate it bye thank you bye everyone Thank you for joining me today and listening to episode five of Conscious Life Spaces Conversations.
Today, I really enjoyed the conversation with Tammy Hatherhill, and I hope that we can all benefit from her experience. If you want to learn more, check out the show notes at ConsciousLife.Guru, our Conscious Life Space website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed and our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Until next time, take care.